it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC, and with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, how's it going, guys? Episode 55. I think technically this is this was Gareth Bale's number for a while that really cringed the hell out of Kelsey. So, was it really? Yeah, uh, for because 18, I think, I don't think 18 was taken, or maybe it was, I don't know. But, yeah. um, but yeah, like during preseason, Garrett Bell, similar to what Hazard did, because Hazard was wearing 50 during the preseason. Because I remember when he was playing uh, that, that game here in Houston with, with, against Bayern Munich, he was wearing 50. And then obviously, once the season started, he, he wore number seven. And then now, you know, Garrett Bell's wearing 18. So I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it, I, I don't know. But it was just funny to see how much, like, because the thing that I find enjoyable about, teams that do wear these like off the wall numbers that you don't necessarily expect to see how it, it bothers certain people. I will say it, it does tend to bother me sometimes, but now I just don't care anymore. Like it's just a number, but, but I think it's, it's kind of funny to see like, like when you, when you look at the Bundesliga and you see guys wearing like, you know, like 54 or, or, or like 72, you know, like like those really random numbers that you're like, oh, okay. Or like how you, or how like Donna Roma wore like 90, 90, was it 99, 99. And then I know, I know for Italy, he wore 21. Well, now for PSG, he also wears, I think, 50. Is that what he wears? I think so. I don't know. Uh, I, was, I haven't, uh, I haven't I really watching like the little highlights and stuff. And then, you know, they showed a glimpse of Donna Roma. Uh, but yeah, is he actually playing now? He was, yeah, he was actually the goalkeeper for uh, the PSG, the own games. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he is wearing fifty. Man, yeah, that that was weird with Messi. Oh, <laughs> uh, the whole yeah. not not shaking Pochettino's hand. He was yeah. he was grumpy the whole way through. Uh, man, he. he uh, I think it's it's, it's going to take some time. I think it's a different league. It's a different play style. It's PSG's definitely not Barcelona, so nope. it, it's going to take some time for Messi to get adjusted to that. Even with Neymar, but it's 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 just different. I mean, 
And then plus, you know, you have Mbappe and you have Neymar. So that's, uh, say, say what you want, but Icardi's also there. So, I mean, it's like the talent pool is a little bit different versus what Barcelona has, at least right now. But at least when Messi was there near the near the tail end of his time at Barcelona. So, I mean, yeah. the, the talent pool is different. I think the playing style is different. So I think it's just, it's just going to be a while before Messi really finds his groove. Because I know people are already comparing... Messi to how Ronaldo's doing at Ram at at, Ram, at Manchester United, but once again, that's a whole different playing style, and it fits more to what Ronaldo does, especially because he's playing up front, like he's playing striker. He's not, he doesn't have to be yeah. a winger. He doesn't have to be creative. He just needs to be. He just needs. He just needs to be where he needs to be, and score goals. Like I mean, like it's a little different. Like that. That's apples and oranges. And then once again, like. That's a league that Ronaldo's still familiar with. Like, say what you want that he's been away from the Premier League, but like, he at least still has a good idea of how the Premier League is played. Oh yeah, and once Hands again, it, I mean, it fits more to his style because the crosses and all that that benefits Ronaldo. Boy, that that benefits him, and then that's that's what he likes. He likes those high flying balls because he knows he can actually reach out to them. You know, exactly. And then, and then, and then uh, I was going to tell you, even though he just shifted from one side to, to the middle, you know, he was usually like the winger. But now it's like, no, like now it's, um, he's more, he's more, I guess you could say, not versatile, but it's more of like, now he's more focused on like, he knows where to be hit down the middle. He would always do the, the cutback. Now he doesn't really do a lot of that anymore. Yep. All right. So we do have an update on the singing bets. Um. Yeah. Uh, no, we did not forget about that. Um. Spencer finally announces teams. About it. <laughs> Spencer finally announces teams. Um. So, uh, if you guys are wondering, uh, how we're doing the singing bets, I'm gonna restate the rules so that way everybody's on the same page. All right. <laughs> um. So the rules are pretty simple. It's a little bit different. This is actually there's gonna be a table format this season. Um. And it's not going to be just La Liga. We're also going to include the Bundesliga, the English Premier League, and Serie A. So all our teams that are in those leagues that we support, obviously our clubs are Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid for Spencer. But we we expanded it so we can open it up a little bit. Um, and I know the EPL is definitely going to be the reason why I lose a lot of these singing bets. But but it's a, essentially, so the teams for each one. So every, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. So for Edward, his teams are for La Liga, Barcelona, obviously. In the Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund, obviously. English Premier League, Manchester United. And Serie A is Juventus, or Serie A. Bro, there's so bad. Anyway, just go on, move on. For me, it's obviously Real Madrid for La Liga. Bayern Munich for Bundesliga. I know, that's you know, yes, I know, hate me. Hate me for what you want. Uh, English Premier League is Arsenal. There you go. It evens it out. Fair? Is it fair? Is it fair? <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna lose because of Arsenal. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm 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 already accepting my fate here. Um, and then for Serie A is AC Milan. And then Spencer finally finally gave me his teams, and that is for La Liga, Atletico Madrid. Obviously, we all know this, Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund from the Bundesliga. Wow, English, they, what? <laughs> yeah, Borussia Dortmund. And the English Premier League is Manchester City. So that's going to be fun. And in Serie A, it's Juventus. So me and him basically shared two teams. 
Yeah. All right. So, so to restate, so it's going to be a table format this season. In in obviously, you notice Edward and Spencer have similar teams. Um. So when they met, when they, whenever they play Bayern Munich, if I win, obviously they both have to sing. They're not going to have to do a duet. They would each have to sing a separate song. Oh God. Um. And. In the event of a draw, nothing happens in a draw. But like I said, we're doing a table format. So that's going to count towards our table. So same thing with, with the way we do, like, you know, in most leagues do a wins three points. You don't get anything for a loss. And then it draws obviously a point. So all of that's going to be accumulated at the end of the season. So there could be a benefit for having similar teams. And it also can bite you in the ass as well. So at the end of the season, whoever finishes, uh, whoever finishes at the bottom, because obviously out of three people, the loser of the season has to sing the intro and outro. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I guess at the end of our season episode. Uh, actually, we'll do our anniversary episode. How about that anniversary episode? We'll we'll do that. Well, the loser will have to sing the intro and outro of the first and second places choosing. Oh so, God! So let's say I lose because you know Arsenal is probably gonna be the reason why I lose. Spent and let's say Spencer finishes first. So Spencer gets to pick the first song, and then he gets to tell me whether that's the intro or the outro. And then, obviously, if Edward finishes second, he gets to, you know, he gets to pick whichever one that Spencer didn't pick for. So if, if Spencer decides he wants me to start things off with Donna Summers, well, Edward gets to pick what I close the show with. So that's a singing bet, and like I said, it's going to involve the four four leagues. We're not going to do French French league because I mean. I don't think we really have like a specific fandom uh, for for a team over there. And if that's the case, I think all of us would take PSG. Yeah, I was about to say, I think all of us would just take PSG. And I think it's just because of the jerseys. Jerseys and, <laughs> jerseys and just because our guys are there. At least for you and me, Edward. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but essentially, that's how the singing bets are going to be from here on out. And we also added a little extra thing, which is that we actually let the listeners, you guys, be part of the song selection. So we did set up a a uh, a, a, a song request um, period at some point where we ha- and we actually did get quite a few songs. Me, Edward, and Spencer, all three of us did enter some songs as well. Though obviously the caveat is that it's going to be roulette style. So that oh, means God. me and Edward and Spencer had to be very careful with the song selections because obviously these could be songs that we could end up singing. So <laughs> so you know. So that's where it, it gets a little bit interesting, a little bit dicey. Kelsey sent me a bombardment of songs along, oh, along with Felix, along with my good fit, uh, friend Felix. But yeah, so so whenever if whenever we whenever we do have a loser. So for this case, obviously, Spencer is a Man City is now supporting Man City. They beat Arsenal not that long ago, which is why I wanted Spencer to give me a team a lot sooner. But because of the fact that Arsenal did lose to Manchester City, I do owe him. A song, so I already. To be fair, to be fair as well, I'm pretty sure Spencer wasn't really doing that on purpose. He just like he just went and chose Man City, you know. No, I know that. I think he just wanted to be. He wanted to be sure he was going to pick the right teams. But I think after yeah. me harassing him every single day about picking teams, he finds like, okay, I need to pick some teams. Because um, I did that a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> so, so I do. So and the way we, like I said, it's gonna be roulette style. So. It's gonna be randomly selected. Once that song is picked, that song does get removed from the pot, and then you know we'll keep going. And even if we miss a few songs from from that 
from the requests. We'll 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 end up having letting that be come, go over to the next season and just keep building up this pool of songs that hopefully we don't ever we don't have, well someone's gonna sing it always unless we just draw every single game. But yeah, so there is that. So so that's the singing bet. Um, so yeah, and like I said, I do owe Spencer a singing bet. I won't I won't tell you all the song. You guys will find that out later. But yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll get going with the show, man. We do have a jam, kind of a yeah. No, we do have a jam packed show. I don't know why I'm saying like if it's not. We do have headlines. We do have, um, we do have. We're gonna not do our game recast players of the week games to watch, but we also have an interview. That's correct. Um, if you guys remember, I did uh, I did a recording with After Extra Time podcast not that long ago where we where I ended up talking the did like a review of the transfer uh, transfer pool transfer period. Jesus Christ. Dang, and I just, man, Swift Lifestyle, man, come on, kick in right now. Um, um, I ended up doing an episode with After Extra Time with Stuart Kavanaugh and Paul Banks. Well, you guys are going to hear an interview with Paul Banks. You will be getting an interview from Stuart. We are going to have that coming. I believe next episode we'll, we'll have that. But Paul M. Banks, he is the author of Transatlantic Passage, How the Premier League Redefined Soccer in America. And he's also uh, the editor-in-chief in thesportsbank.net. So great interview. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. But yeah, so we do have an interview with Paul Banks. I think it's a really good interview. Very informed guy. And hey, freaking Barack Obama follows this guy. So pretty sick flex if you ask me. <laughs> um, That's pretty badass. Yeah. So all right. So we're, we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with headlines. Yo, Edward, I'm yes. digging that jersey. Where did you yes. get it? Thanks. I got it at fanatics.com. What's fanatics? Huh. Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. You can get the gear of all your favorite teams. Even NASCAR? Even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. And we are back. Once again, go ahead and go to our social medias at insert name FC on Instagram and Twitter. Go to our links on our bios. You're going to see our link tree. Go ahead and click that and you'll see all our great partners as well as how you can reach us, um, how you can listen to us on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or however you listen to podcasts. All right, Edward, so some headlines. And we're going to start things off with David Beckham as he increased his share of Inter Miami, his club. Oh, yeah. So most of you, you you guys are probably aware at this point when it comes to these MLS teams or just ownership of just soccer or just teams in general. Obviously, you don't necessarily have just one specific owner. You probably have like an ownership group. And well, David Beckham, even though he is the owner of Inter Miami, he does have obviously an ownership group. But David Beckham and the Moss Brothers um, have finalized the buyout of Marcelo Clauer and Masayoshi's son, uh, giving those those three more control of Inter Miami. And this is what David Beckham had to say. We are immensely proud of the progress we've made over the past year and a half in Major League Soccer, and we are grateful to have had Marcelo and Masayoshi with us for the first part of our journey. I am more committed than ever to working with my partners and friends, Jorge and Jose. Those are the Moss brothers. 
to build a lasting legacy, developing youth players from our academy, competing for championships regularly, and most importantly, rooting ourselves into the DNA of our community and South Florida. I mean, obviously, if obviously he has more stake, means that he has a little bit more control when it comes to making some decisions. And I mean, you know, you want to hear from all these MLS teams that youth development is going to become a priority. I think a lot of teams are starting to realize when you're seeing, you know, Philadelphia being able to de- to develop a Brendan Aarons and you see, you know, New York Red Bulls with Caden Clark, FC Dallas with their long laundry list of, of prospects. You're seeing them doing well with their youth academy that, you know, you got to start catching up with the times now because I feel like MLS is probably moving away from that retirement league uh, stereotype. And now like, hey, let's start developing our own players. I mean, it's always a good thing to do, like develop the uh, own players, like basically La Masia, or I don't know how they would call it here, the academy. But, the academy? Yeah, I guess. But it, I, I think that would be better. I, I think that's that's the best alternative than to just try to get players from different other teams or even like other other leagues and then just to bring them over to the MLS. I like I, I think they could build a powerhouse squad with just I mean, and I mean when you think of, home, home talent. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, obviously now you have David's son Romeo now playing with Fort Lauderdale, which is their USL affiliate. Um, which I'm, I'm sure you know he's hoping that if Romeo Beckham can prove himself over there, that you know he's gonna find himself over into Inter Miami. Um, which, let's face it, they you know you want to develop, and also with the youth academy, obviously you develop that connection with the community in South Florida, which you know it seems to make make sense if you want to try to. If you want to make this part of the community, you gotta you gotta make sure you get the youth involved, get families involved, and I mean that's the best way to do it. But I, I mean, you know, if they, you know David Beckham is a very goal oriented guy, you know, when he came over to the MLS, you know, it was it, a lot of attention was gained from it. Say what you want about David Beckham, but he definitely put the MLS on the map because of his move to the LA Galaxy, and and obviously he he made sure he finished it strong by winning. Winning a few MLS cups on his way on his way out before he went to went to PSG to finish his career, but I mean, you know, the man's determined. And I know he doesn't, you know, obviously not been the best from Inter Miami as they're currently eighth place in the Eastern Conference. But I mean, all they got to do is get to seventh place and they're in the playoffs. So I mean, you know, it's not it's not outside of reach. I mean, they do have some good quality players. Um, Pizarro's starting to look like he's finding some form. Um, can't really tell you about Higuain. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it it's going to take a process. But I mean, if you can definitely build up. And I, I, I feel like, I mean, if you think of my players from Miami, I mean, Conrad De La Fuente is a player that, that I think of that, that comes from South Florida. And I mean, look where he's at now. You know, maybe you need to stop missing out on those players and start bringing them over to Miami. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the, that's the situation they have to do as well. But uh, like I said, I mean, with David Beckham, he's he's never been of a. I think he's open to. Well, he already said it, but he's open to using like the ingrown talent, and not just passing them off for somebody you know who's supposedly better. So no, he also made those moves as well. But I mean, 
I know. That's what I'm saying. I was like, well, I was like, he also, you know, he was basically the move to do that with. No, yeah, exactly. So, well, we'll see what what how what Inter Inter Miami ends up doing now. Now that you know David Beckham's got a little bit more, a little bit more stake in this club, but uh, you know, only time will tell. All right, Edward. So, oh, you got one more thing to say? Well, no, I was going to say, uh, I just hope that with this, with what he's planning or what he says he's planning, I just hope he knows it's going to take a bit of a time. He's going to have to invest a lot in the academy resources and um, how they train, maybe even get some, I don't know, trainers from... Big name clubs, maybe people who are. Mm, I don't know about leave. that, man. Because you know, some of these when these European guys come to the MLS, I don't think necessarily the transitions as good. Mm. Just from personal experience, <laughs> just from what I've seen so far. Because I mean, the the thing with me is that like MLS, even though the game is still basically the same, it's the rules that come into play. Obviously, the general allocation money, target allocation money. uh you know, you know, DPs, you know, because that seems like David Beckham doesn't understand that concept yet. Um, <laughs> designated players. I mean, it's a lot of things to consider. It's the salary cap. There's a lot of lot of factors going into this that you have. That it's a little bit different than, you know, going, you know, being the manager of a Manchester United or a Manchester City, where it just seems like you have this endless money supply that you can go out there and get the best players, and you know, they could come in right away. You have to do things a little bit different in the MLS because of how this how it's structured. So yeah, it uh, you know could a could a European based manager work probably, but they just have to be able to understand and be open minded, be have the open mind that this league's a lot different than everywhere else. I mean, um, yeah, I can see that. I'm just I'm just thinking like. Uh, I guess for the long run, if he has the the money for it, which I'm sure they do, just like you said, the rules come into play. Yeah, I know that they they also they're also looking to get an, a new investor company as well in, involved. So I'm sure that's what I'm sure that's that's going to be a factor as well as like hoping helping to build up that youth academy. Because um, I mean. I'm not. I'm not. I wonder how they're going to do with pay to play. But I mean, if you at least build up the infrastructure, at least that's that, that gives you a little bit ahead of the game. I mean, you saw what Philadelphia Union did with their academy. Um, as much as I don't want to give props to FC Dallas, but FC Dallas does have one amazing academy. Um, so I mean, you know, it, it's just going to be what what the moves they actually do, and let's see what it, what what the action how what are the actions following those moves. Yeah. All right, so the next headline, the only he the the last headline because we're only doing two this time. Um, there's been another fan invasion in in France. Another one? Yep. Um, this time yeah, it was at Lens versus Lille, but this time it did not involve fans going against players. This actually involved fans versus fans. This is the second pitch invasion that happened in Ligue 1. Uh, Essentially, what happened was Lens fans went ahead and invaded the pitch to confront fans of Lille. So Lens and Lille is actually quite the rivalry, apparently. Um, it's I believe it's actually like a derby match in some sorts. 
Um, but yeah, so it wasn't a, a, towards players. It was just, I guess, little fans were just chirping it up and Lens fans were just tired of it. So they got off their seats, walked across, <laughs> walked across the field and, and went to go uh, handle the business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, I mean, it looks like it looks like the first league is no longer, you know, just a soccer playing field. Now it looks like it's going to be like a football field mixed with the. I mean, at the, this point, you might need a you might uh, the might league might need to start building some some boxing. some cages. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna Boxing have to take a page God. take a page out of Argentina and Mexico. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, because I, dude, it just. It was getting to that point. I mean, what's going to happen? They're going to let the third one happen, and it's after the third one, it's be like, all right, we're going to find people. Like, oh, sometimes this shit don't work. Yeah, no, it's it's not a good look for sure. Um, but dang, again on again in France, it's obviously you know we have what happened with with Marcial versus versus um, uh, drawing a blank on the team. Am I really drawing a blank on the team? Who was the other team? Come on, Edward, help me out. Oh. Wasn't it uh, Lil L O S C? Was it one of the team? Yeah, I want to say it was. I just can't remember the other team. And no, I know Marcial was the. I know that uh, Nice, Nice. It was Nice. Oh, nice. you there, Edward? Got a little T pain going in there. Oh shit! Oh, you good? No. Okay, I hear, I hear, I hear. Anything is unstoppable. Oh, okay. I was about to start singing. I'm on a boat, but uh. <laughs> no. I was saying. I was saying. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I was saying. Um, uh, with the with the whole thing with Nietzsche, um, I, I guess you know they they have to build. There's got to be better security for one. They're gonna have to build those bars. They're gonna have to build something, at least temporarily, because they they may just have to. For the meantime, they may just have to cancel all the the spectators coming in to watch the games. And in the meantime, that's they're gonna have to build a wall, bars, something to keep them out, because they just can't keep going like this, dude. No, yeah, it's it's starting to get a little ridiculous. Like one time was enough, but uh... it's like. It's like I understand the game is passionate as it is as a player, but then when you get a fan, gonna be rallying up everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Something bad, something, something bad, then just an invasion could happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I, I do believe. Let's see. I do believe Lens and Lil actually did get a result because I think they just held the game, um, till you know, obviously. Because it was during halftime, yeah. So that game ended up ended up a win for for Lens. So yeah, so they just had to hold up during half because the the incident happened during halftime. So the players weren't on the field when it happened. So so I mean, Lens still got the win and all that, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting what Lee Goon has to do because obviously you don't want a third time to happen. Uh, you know, the, yeah, because one fa- one fan invasion was more than enough. But Jesus Christ. At least this time, fan, players weren't getting hit. <laughs> you and, know, I like, mean, and I mean, and then if you think about it, it's two fan invasions in one season, and two close by, two real close. 
And we haven't even, haven't reached that halfway point. So that's like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's just the beginning. Like we're st- it's September. Like the season what's started gonna, in August. What, what's going to happen when teams would say it's like second and third place facing each other? Next thing you know, it's like they're away by two points. Are they going to freaking just invade the pitch just so the other team can win just for that? And they're going to be even more pissed off. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that, man. But. <laughs> that's where we are it's now crazy. It, it, it's crazy but it's believable now i feel like the pandemic i think it, more and more I, you know you hear people saying like oh man you know fans don't know how to act because of covid because you know they've been away for so long that you're maybe still, they're like they they get too excited and when they get to the stadium and maybe you know obviously alcohol alcohol always comes into play um oh yeah yeah you, you know what more and more that theory that you know just fans don't know how to act um, it's, it's getting a lot stronger. Um, I haven't seen it. I haven't heard about any fights in the NFL. So I, I guess things cooled out after that. Those, I don't know. Those are, those are happening like inside the stands. They're not going on. To yeah, the field, but that so. happened. Well, that also happened in preseason. So maybe the, the you know, they got the preseason out of, out, they got it out of their system by preseason. Maybe that's what, what, uh, what the league needed was just to do a preseason. So that way the fans could get like, it's preseason for them too, so they can just get themselves adjusted before the season started. But, preseason beat them up. Yeah, preseason. They just get let it, let let it get out of their system before the season starts. Yeah, right. Because I mean that. Sure, I mean, talk, talk, talk about the purge. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're gonna have a preseason game where y'all can beat the shit out of each other, and after that, during the actual match, please don't beat anybody up. <laughs> Man, the one thing I say about the purge, I think the funniest part is like when they when they make the announcement that the purge is commencing, that all crimes are now legal, especially murder. Like, oh, <laughs> you kind of have to be like, oh, when? <laughs> like, why like, do you highlight? Why, think- why do you highlight that one? <laughs> yeah, like what? What? What's going on now? Man, like when I think about that, if like the purge was going, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that it's just people are just going out there and killing, going on a killing spree. Like honestly, the first thing in my mind is I'm literally just I'm going to steal a car. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bunker. Like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go steal a car, maybe steal some other things, and ju- just and then like the next day when everyone's like, "Hey, Hector got a new car," I was like, "Yep, sure did." <laughs> yep, dealer was having a sale. <laughs> you could say it was a fire sale. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you say that without winking, sir? <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 this is not this is in no way we are not this is no way of saying that we're gonna go ahead steal a car hector wink wink <clears throat> okay in the event of a purge just know that me, the, the last thing me and i were thinking of is killing people <laughs> yeah pretty much more here trying to think that okay are my kids safe okay go cool we'll go ahead and try to like, find a, a gaming can, pc like dude you could go ahead and break an atm and and at least get get taken care of take take care of yourself financially yeah, but how many people are going to be thinking that idea? Anyways, we're moving well, on. I mean, everybody's so obsessed <laughs> with killing. So, I mean... I'd rather not. <laughs> I don't know. You got to have a lot of dark... You got to have a lot of dark shit to be thinking about that. No, but that's what I'm saying. Why everybody's too busy killing themselves. I mean, I could go into a... Or break into a bank, you know, go into the safe and just... And then the next morning, make a very good deposit for myself. Fucking, you're going to see... Hey, you're going to see one of the criminals actually be like right there in front of the vault. Hi, how can I help you? Yes, sir. I'm here gonna. I'm here to 
do a withdrawal? Okay, sir. Yeah, just uh, 10 gold bars. If anything, that's possible. Sure, sure. Can you carry them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. Just go ahead and uh, just go ahead and walk in. Uh, we're just watching the vault. We just want to make sure that everybody's going to walk out with something. Oh, okay. You know, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, no names are being used here. Okay. There's codename Castle over here. Yeah. What's up, guy? Anyways. <laughs> seems like I thought it, uh, it seems like I thought it through. <laughs> Anyways. All right, Edward. So let's go ahead and go into this debate. And we're going to stick with a little bit of French, the French connection going on here with this debate topic. And it's only because Herrera had some things to say about one Kylian Mbappe, and that was that he he feels that there's a good chance that Mbappe could stay at PSG, and what? yeah, so he feels he feels pretty confident that he could be staying at PSG. He feels that the rumors were all speculation that he that he in fact wanted to stay at PSG the whole time. Um, that he okay. asked he asked Mbappe if he does want to leave, and Mbappe's answer was, "Well, I'm still here," and I don't feel like that's, that's I feel like that's more like a sarcastic answer. <laughs> Like Mbappe, do you want to be here? Well, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a. I'm still here, dude. Do you not see me? Kind of like, like kind of like that. Last kinda time like I checked, response. PSG didn't accept that 200 million euro bid for me. So I mean, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> so that's yeah. all I could say for that. But obviously, Mbappe is going into his last year of his contract. Uh, I don't know. If there's going to be an extension happening anytime soon, um, but. <laughs> You know, if nothing gets done, obviously it seems very likely that Mbappe just walks and becomes a free agent for any team to go out and and go full send for him. Um, once again, Real Madrid seems to be the heavy favorites, but you can't count out any of these teams, especially the big the big money teams. But um, Edward, how do you feel? Do you think Mbappe is, is does PSG have anything to offer for Mbappe to stay put? Uh, I mean. Honestly, the only thing that I can say that they can offer him, they've already offered him money. He denied it. He, he, the president of the club came in and said, hey, I want you to keep playing for us. They offered him the option and he still said no. The only thing I feel that they can offer him is like, for real, for real. But even though he's real young, it's like, let's say, we'll give you... A, a board position, but you're also a player, so you do have to, a say in. Who so, comes so you're just essentially saying we gotta give you the most far fetched offer to Pretty get you to much, stay put. Dude. Like, I mean, the, the like let's is, give you ownership of PSG while we're at it. Um, that loses there. <laughs> so no, no, no. Like so, my thing is the only thing as well. Uh, for somebody, I guess you could say, uh, of that age, of that caliber, like what appeals is that, hey, I'm playing with Messi. Hey, I'm playing with, um, I'm playing with, uh, with Neymar. Hey, I'm playing with this all-star cast, you know, and they rely on me, you know, this is, which is cool. But, yeah, but like, look what, look what he has in France. No, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's who he has. Yeah, like, but, I, but I'm saying like, yeah, you, you're you're making that argument about PSG, like, oh look, I play with Messi, I play with Neymar. Uh, I mean, well, one, you could probably say the same thing, like, say he goes to Liverpool, I get to play with Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. Um, if you go to Real Madrid, putting- I get I get to play with, I I get to play with you know, Kamavinga, an up and coming French player. 
um, Casamiro, freaking Valverde. It's like you know, as, you know, well, Vinicius, Vinicius, uh, and, and Rodrigo. Like, well, okay, or, see, you the thing is, you're throwing, you're throwing in these up and coming names. No, you're I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, I feel like you can still say I'm in this star-studded team. Like, like PSG is not the only star-studded team in, in Europe. Like, I mean, or, or for crying out loud, oh, Manchester United, I get to play with Sancho. Or Chelsea, I get to play with Kai Havertz and, and Lukaku. You know, like, you can throw the big names there as well. Like, for any any team, every team has, like, the, at least the big top clubs have freaking Bayern Munich. I get to play with Robert Lewandowski. Like, so... And that's the thing, like for for Bayern Munich, you don't have, let's say, Neymar and Messi and Verratti, like names names like that, like Ramos. You know, you don't have a name like Bayern that, Munich, but you do. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, like uh, Bayern, Bayern Munich doesn't Munich. have those names. No. Really. No, I'm I'm telling you, Leroy Sané, Sergei Narvi, Mueller, Nabri. Mueller, Newer, Newer, Alfonso Davies. But, yeah, but that's that's what I'm getting at right now. It's like the main names that you always focus on. Like for example, Man U, you got Cristiano, you got Sancho, and then right then and there, you could actually be like, okay, there's a Muppet. Like that sounds like a killer offensive, and on paper. Same thing with PSG right now. Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. It sounds killer on paper, but it's too star-studded. So that's why I feel like it's not collaborating right. Like, I feel like it's not in the right position. Like, it's not... Having them up front, it just sounds deadly, bro. But right now, honestly, the, the Neymar, Mbappe... Messi tried it, is not doing as much damage as Messi, Neymar, and Suarez. So it's like Mbappe is looking. Mbappe is looking to to make his own name. He can't really do that at PSG. So PSG really, like, like I said, it has to be something ridiculous for them to actually keep him for at least two years. Two more years. Yeah, I, I just don't. I can't see him leave. I, I mean, I, I just can't see him staying at PSG. That, that, it, neither can I. Like, as much the, as I would have loved to see, like, like let's him face it. No offense to Lagoon, but he's he's a big fish in a small pond in Lagoon. Yeah. Like, I mean, last year, yeah, you had the challenge of Lille, but like, there's, I don't know. I just don't see it. Why would he want to stay put? Like, if he really wants to, like. Prove to everybody that he's gonna be the the Ballon d'Or winner competing with with uh with uh Erling Haaland. He's got to go somewhere that's on a bigger stage. And I'm not saying the Bundesliga is that either, because let's face it, Bundesliga it, the first team you think the team is kind of similar to what League Un is, where you know it's it's every year is Bayern it's Bayern Munich's league to lose, whereas the yeah. same thing with League Un is PSG is you know it's PSG's league to lose. But like, you know, say he goes to Syria and, and plays for a team like Juventus or AC Milan or Inter Milan, maybe helps re- rebuild that, in, you know, bring that team back to what they were supposed to be la- from last season or goes to the English Premier League and goes and plays for what a lot of people view as the best league in the world 
and try to win some English Premier League titles and and finally win that elusive Champions League title that you know yeah. that he's that's missing in his trophy cabinet because let's face it, the guy's got a World Cup. All that's missing is him getting a getting himself a Champions League trophy. And I don't see that happening with PSG. Mm. Like even with this team, I let's face it, like Sergio Ramos and Messi, like, yeah, they're good players, but will we be Will we be? Will, are we really that excited about these guys being on this team right now? Not really, because a lot of these, you know, let's face it, Sergio Ramos isn't the Sergio Ramos from years before, and the same thing for Messi. Like, and Messi just seems yeah. to like not be in sync right now. Um, no. So it's definitely not helping their argument. So I mean, like, I think he needs. To, I, I think he's going to go. I don't think that there's anything that. And I, I mean, at this point, he's won everything that he can win in Ligue 1. The only thing that's missing is a Champions League title, and I don't think that's going to happen with PSG. You're right. Honestly, there's no way he's gonna. <laughs> it's like I said, it's a star-studded team, but like I said, it's too much star power. I know. I know it sounds ridiculous when I say like it's too much. It's just yeah, because yeah, I cannot mean, have when you, you think cannot of, have a team like that. Because when you think and, of, of Los Galacticos, like Real Madrid, Los Galacticos, the first one, you know who they have. They had, you know, Del Bosque. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a that's that's the type of manager that can run a star star. I mean, look, he, look how he proved it with with Spain with those years of success. But like, you know, you need a special type of manager to really run a team that star studded. And no offense to Pochettino, but he's n- not necessarily that guy that can handle all those egos. And I'm not saying that like Messi's egotistical or Sergio Ramos is, but. It's a lot of big. Let's face it. When we're talking about Eagles, we're talking about Icardi and Neymar. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it it's a lot of work to be able to maintain, like, try to keep those egos good. And so it's it's and you know once again, it, you know, yeah, Neymar was a different player at Barcelona, and that was because he he bought into the Barca way and he stayed as professional as he could be. But at PSG, he's kind of went back to being Neymar. Yeah. Um, and it's not like it's not like Messi being there is going to change it. It takes you know Neymar back in Barcelona to really make him go back to that. So it's it's a little bit different like this time around with 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 Messi and and uh, and Neymar. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so essentially, you and me both are like, yeah, no, nah, that's not happening. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to Herrera. Like, you know, good 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 on him to have hopes, but I just I don't see it. <laughs> I really yeah, I'm just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Mbappe's gonna stay there too long. He, he'll, he'll be out by next season. Like I said, something drastic has to happen for him to just stay. Exactly. All right, guys. So by now, it should be posted on our social media. You'll see our debate topic. You can go ahead and give us your thoughts on it once again on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. This debate topic was brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Swift Lifestyles is the ultimate energy boost for the ultimate gamer. Not only does it give you the right amount of energy, but it also gives you that focus that you need. And let's be honest, you know, I'm not a gamer here. Edward's kind of a gamer. But Damn, this, is, but this stuff is actually pretty good for everyday life. I, I'm honestly telling you, like, I'm focused right now. It's kicking in for me. It, it's it's and it tastes really good as well. So it's not just not only is it an energy boost, but it also is it's a it, you know not many energy drinks are as easy to drink. Let's be honest, but 
Swift Lifestyles is definitely a very easy to drink beverage. And also, if you guys aren't necessarily into the whole drinking energy drinks, well, they do also have gummies that also taste really good as well. So if you guys go to www.swiftlifestyles.com, when you use the code insertnamefc at checkout, you'll get a 15% discount on your purchase. Once again, insertnamefc at checkout. Everybody has something to say? Well, I was going to say, I, I love the, the blue sour strip roll flavor. That one. Um, so far, it's my favorite. Um, I even take it in the mornings. It keeps me focused. It, it does actually help and it doesn't give you a crash. It doesn't give you like that crash that used to pre-workout does or you don't get an itchy filling or anything like that. So I, I actually like it. Well, you heard it from him. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. You guys are going to hear our my interview with Paul Banks. And then you'll hear us do our game recaps and announce our players. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And we, we are, are Insert Name FC. FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We will see you there. All right, guys, with me is a very special guest. He is the editor-in-chief of the Sports Bank. He is the author of Transatlantic Passage, How the Premier League Redefines Soccer in America, which is available on eggheartspress.com. And he is the co-host of After Extra Time podcast, a podcast that I was actually with not that long ago, Mr. Paul Banks. How's it going? Uh, not much, man. Uh, one, I actually had like such a blast doing uh, that episode with you guys. So I knew I was like, oh, I got to bring these guys in. At some point, uh, definitely we'll we'll definitely get Stewart in, in in for a future episode for sure. We we got that lined up, but uh, y- you know what? I was like, man, this guy this guy read a book. <laughs> and I was like, you know, when they introduced us in that episode, he's like, oh, here's the host of Insert Name FC, and then here's the guy that like is the editor in chief of a of a website, and then he wrote a book. And I was like, man, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but, uh, but it's all good. Yeah, thanks for the praise, man. You know, maybe t- today's one of those days where I feel like maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew. I play in this recreational kickball league, and um, I'm the team captain, of course. So just like, you know, I'm running my site, I, I take a very kind of type A approach to it. And last night, in the first inning when I was pitching, I took a shot right to the face. This guy was batting and he kicked the ball and it went straight to my eye. And I was, um, that's why I don't have the video on today for this. Cause I have a ma- major black eye, a gash from that, but, um, it, well, we're all good. This is all audio. So don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I came back in and recorded the save and got the win. So, and hey, there, there you go. And the final out was, I got to Like, if you foul the ball three times, you're out. So it's like a strikeout, sort of a kickball version. And I got a guy to do that to end the game. So we won and it was all worth it. Hey, all that matters is getting that W. So exactly. All right. So before this is what we ask everybody. This is like the first question. This is like the guaranteed first question of, on, on these interviews. And that is simply just what got you into this game? What got you into the beautiful game of football or soccer, depending on how you like to call it? That would definitely be Sir Alex Ferguson himself. It was, um, it was 2011. 
the fire, the Chicago Fire were hosting Manchester United in a friendly. Back then, the International Champions Cup was known as the World Football Challenge or something like that. And, you know, I mean, I'd heard of United. I'd heard of David Beckham. And then that was pretty much it. I really didn't know too much about any of it. Um, you know, I can't, I remember the World Cup in 94 when it was here. You know, the women, obviously, you know, they were kind of, I kind of followed them a lot because they were so good. And I, I went to this press conference with Sir Alex Ferguson and it was at the Four Seasons on the Mag Mile and I saw like the whole Hollywood aspect of it. I saw the entourages, I saw the crowds and I saw what a thing it was. And and I was like, wow, I'm I'm asking a question at press coverage to someone who's knighted. And and then I saw um what it did traffic was because I got picked up by this uh news aggregator site in the in, in the United Kingdom and I thought it was funny. I was just like, I barely know anything about this. I'm mean, sure I was there and did some stuff, but it's like you guys are citing me and then and then I saw what a difference it made in traffic getting picked up by this news aggregator. And then over time I, I, I picked it up like you would like you would learn another language, like you would learn another trade, another skill. And then eventually it became my bread and butter over time. And and that's kind of how we got to where we are. Man, man, Edward definitely would love to hear this because Edward's a Manchester United fan. Uh, but yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson, I mean, one of the greatest managers of all time. I don't think anybody can can make an argument for him not to be the greatest of all time. Uh, just all the success he has with Man U, um, uh, success that hasn't really been replicated since. But but yeah, no, I totally, I could totally get that. Um, I mean, Man U fever was was definitely heavy in the United States when I was in high school. So because I feel like everybody was a Man U fan. Uh, mainly probably because of Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney. That was my era. Um, you know, David Beckham. David Beckham era at that point was at Real Madrid, which that's my club. But, but yeah, no, I, I definitely saw the appeal of Manchester United in those years. Um, but you know, you're you're talking about the Premier League, and and obviously you you write this book. Uh, first of all, what is the inspiration specifically behind a Transatlantic Passage? Well, I have to say, definitely the pandemic, definitely locked out and quarantine. And I went about a year, maybe 10 months without covering anything in the field. And it was all kind of Zoom. And I had thought about this for a while, uh, this book idea. And then I realized that, you know, no one has done this. No one probably will do this. There are many Americans who are Premier League first, but there are lots of people in America who are Premier League first when it comes to what their favorite sport or their favorite team is. And this all probably wouldn't have happened if it weren't been for the international champions cup. And that sadly, I mean, we, we've haven't had one this past summer. We didn't have one the summer before that, unless things really turn around with the virus. Um, we probably won't have one next summer either, because I mean, it's one thing to stage matches amid a pandemic, but to have, you know, friendlies where the whole purpose of having these friendlies is to kind of market your team. But, you know, I, I just like, I think my origin story is my origin story of how I got into the game. I think I would, I, I would, I would put that up against almost anybody else's. Like, I mean, you, the, your first media op is with, you know, the Godfather himself, the greatest manager of all time. I mean, that's one thing. And then, um, 
I was very fortunate enough that the two most attended soccer games on American soil were both staged within driving distance of me. Um, granted, you got to get a hotel, and um, it's certainly a pain in the ass to get there. Uh, speaking about Ann Arbor, Michigan Stadium, because anything when you've got 115,000 people there, getting in and out of there is always a struggle, but um, it was worth it. And you brought up Ronaldo, you brought up Real Madrid. I mean, that was the moment. United versus Real Madrid. And I remember taking a moment in the press box, talking to my friends that were next to me and everyone there like, Ronaldo's coming on. Let's all, let's all savor this. And then uh, Real Madrid-Chelsea was, was, was the big one too. And that's the second one. So um, getting to do those games, being there, being in it. Um, I have a friend who runs the United Supporter Club here in Chicago. Go into that. Kind of all came together and I thought, well, for everybody that I talk to, everyone who doesn't understand it, everyone who doesn't get it, like, why are you writing about some team on the other side of the world? Why are you, you're in Chicago. Why are you writing about this team? You're not talking about the Cubs, Sox or Bears or whatever. I was like, well, give them a book that explains all of it. So that's how it kind of came about. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, I think, it, it, I think for anybody that uh, talks soccer or, uh, that because you know it's just not the norm here in the United States, especially for me here in Texas, where you know football, American football is king here. Um, but no, yeah, because I mean, amongst my friends, because we we played soccer, we grew up playing soccer. But like you know, to outsiders, we're we're kind of like the weirdos, even though culturally we we grew up with this game. This is like you know, in, in Texas, you know, when what as soon as you can walk, they say they you know put a football helmet on you and pads, and you know you go out there and start playing peewee. Um, well, for us, most of us growing up, you know, we got a pair of shin guards and some cleats and then we got sent out to, to the pitch. So I think for uh, at least, you know, it, it's something that's cultural as well growing up being Hispanic. But from the American side, you know, we, we definitely a lot of people viewed as weird and kind of how can you watch that sport? Sports boring and all that. But um, it was definitely an interesting thing because I feel like. I think I started seeing the change as far as people wanting to watch more soccer. It was like the 2014 World Cup, just seeing how well Tim Howard performed against Belgium. But I, I think more and more people were, were kind of trying to learn a little bit more about this game. And, and you know, obviously the thing that, that highlights to me is the Premier League uh, in your book. And, and why specifically is the Premier League that got that, it's, that is gaining more attention from, from the Americans? Well, definitely because number one, there's no language barrier. Number two, it's the mother country. It's an easy transition. I mean, their culture is very similar to ours. Our our culture began with their culture. But really, and this is a big, big part of the book, I have a lot of chapters on NBC. Um, the man who actually closed the deal, the guy who got NBC the Premier League rights, he, he gave me like 45 minutes on the phone around Christmas time. And that was John Miller's his name. And just the story of how and why they got it, I think, tells it all. Because they decided they're not going to just throw it on tape delay. They're not going to relegate it to something where they, they were going to go full on. You know, they, they brought it. Of course, they have some British voices, too. Because here in America, we would accept it unless there's mostly British voices on the desk or whatever doing the punditry. But um, that said, I think 
I actually do think ESPN does a better job in that ESPN FC is more multicultural. They kind of represent everybody. And I, I think that's a big part of it is that, you know, NBC treated it like they would their hockey coverage or, you know, their college basketball coverage or their Notre Dame coverage or, or whatever. And, you know, it's interesting. You, you brought up a lot of great points. And this is um, a lot of what Charlie Stilitano said, um, the man who co-founded the International Champions Cup, uh, the former GM of the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. He really said something about it being like an immigrant sport or an ethnic sport. And then he referred me to this Rutgers professor who was really good, who teaches a class on soccer. And he was saying that it kind of started there, but it has become a sport for all. It's a sport now, as, as he put it, it was a sport that was only for people who had some connection to it growing up or from like another country versus now people who have, who did not grow up with it or were in other sports have now found it. and. I think that's that's the best way anyone could put it to think about it as the sport for all now. No, yeah, I, I it honestly it, it is a I, the thing is the the beauty of this game is that it, there is you know you don't need to speak English or Spanish or or Portuguese or or you know Chinese it doesn't the language doesn't necessarily matter. All that matters is you know if there's a ball and you just pass it to the open person and you know go try to score some goals. Um, I think that's the beauty of what this game has done. And if you think, and I think I, that's one thing I, uh, that I love watching from, from Europe is that you have multiple cultures playing as a team. And yeah, some may not speak the same language, but you know, at the end of the day, soccer is, is just universal. Like everyone understands the game, everyone understands the concept. Um, and, and honestly, if you take the time, it doesn't really take that long to really understand this game. But yeah, it's it's soccer is a universal language, and it's cool to see now Americans more embracing it. Yeah, as a Real Madrid fan, um, that was another great moment. I was very lucky in that when when we hosted the MLS All Star Game, Real Madrid was the opponent, so I got to also see their fanfare and their following and and everything when they were here, just like with United, and I did. Go to, I've been to Spain once and I, I scheduled my trip so that I could go to both Barcelona and Madrid and a home game. And it, it just sucked that, well, the, seeing the Catalan club was great. That was amazing. That was fun. I enjoyed it. But when I got to Madrid, they had switched it around. Something happened in the schedule that they, they were going to play the next week. They flipped it. So. I got a chance to, I, instead, I just bought a ticket to go tour the Bernabeu, and that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was so still much something. better to see him play. Yeah, that's still on my bucket list. I, uh, me and Edward, because Edward, his club is actually Barcelona. He, he, he is a fan of Manchester United, but his club is Barcelona. Uh, probably not necessarily the most appealing team right now, but still <laughs> his club. And, um, but yeah, so I mean, uh, we, we kind of are trying to figure out whenever, if ever we decide to end up somehow going to Europe. Uh, like we made a bet. We're gonna do a bet to see which 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 stadium we're gonna go first. Because obviously, in, in a perfect world, the first stadium we're going to is the Bernabeu. But obviously, for him, the the first stadium we're going to is Camp Nou. So we're gonna we're definitely gonna do a bet to if ever somehow we find we find ourselves tickets to to Europe. But uh, yeah, uh, so it's it's something that me and him have have, have definitely debated on. But 
um, yeah, that's like both of our bucket lists is to go to the stadium of, of our clubs that we love so much because of, we just want to be part of an ad, that atmosphere and, and, and be part of the culture that even though we're away from it, uh, we, we, it's, it's definitely in our, in our, in our veins that we are, you know, I am a Madrista and he's, and he's a, and he's a Barcelona fan. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's definitely on our bucket list and we, we definitely want to do that for sure. But kind of, and that's the other thing that's kind of crazy now that with people watching Europe so much and that time zone difference is a big factor, but people are still watching them. People are coming, going in early to watch these games, either go to a pub or watching it from home. And, and it's gotten so much attention from the Americans as well as the World Cup and other tournaments. You know, the Euros also got a lot of viewership. Um, but where is, is there a loss in translation with the MLS? Yeah, I think so. Um, I just had a discussion with, um, I was interviewing a hockey writer for this piece I'm writing um, about hockey cards. I also freelance for this trading card website. And I was like explaining why I'm not into the fire, why I'm not into MLS. I do think that people realize that it's, you got the big five in Europe. I'd say Liga MX, that's, I mean, people can debate it. I'd say Liga MX is probably stronger than MLS. So you're talking that's about fair to say. what's that? That's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, certainly uh, the results played that out. Uh, it, it just feels like, I mean, to be seventh, eighth, ninth, whatever it is in the world, we're not used to that in America. We're used to, I mean, well, no one else plays our football. Um, a lot of people play baseball, but ours is still the best. Uh, basketball far away we're ahead um so i i do think that mls i think mls has a very complicated um a good and bad relationship with the premier league or la liga or europe because you know on one hand they, they've kept bringing over these giant teams and sometimes not even the giant teams just other established european teams for the mls all-star game and they know that grows the game it brings popularity to the sport but the consumer is aware and i'm sure they know that i'm sure they're well aware that the consumer knows that that product over there is better and i think that's just what's going to hold it back um the fire are not bigger and you know when, when we had boston schweinsteiger that was pretty awesome that was really cool. I enjoyed going to games then, but without a star, we don't. And that's the thing. Like MLS, um, it's it's a soccer's a lot like basketball in that it's still star driven. It's still about the team sport, but still about the individual. And with MLS, the star is always the dude who's past thirty, past thirty five, past his prime. And I mean, there's there's not anything really wrong with that because the guy still. He gets a nice paycheck. The, the team sells shirts. They get people to come to the stadium. But if, if that's the identity of MLS, then it's not really going to go anywhere. Yeah, I think the re the retirement league is, is definitely not what you want to be hearing. Um, and, and you're right. You know, getting getting stars that are essentially past their prime, uh, I don't I don't believe is the case. But obviously, Orlando City getting Nani doesn't help the argument. Um, but <laughs> or Gonzalo Higuain on Inter Miami. Oh man, me and Edward totally thrashed that that uh that signing. 
because we we straight up said that wasn't a sexy signing at all. You basically got Argentina's choker. So I mean, like he's the reason why Messi has not won a World Cup yet. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely one of those things that the MLS I think is just trying to somehow catch up to the rest of the world, but it, it's just not going to do it. And I mean, it's great to see a lot of these young Americans that are coming up and. I mean, seems like every FC Dallas youth product seems to be the, t- the players that are going to Europe or now Philadelphia Union with Brendan Aronson uh, doing his thing in RP Salzburg. But uh, it, it, do you see, like, at some point, the MLS gaining some kind of traction, or, or what exactly do they need to to get these guys uh, to get the people that are into the game, but in Europe, to start watching the MLS? Well, first of all, I would say. There's been some good progress, as you pointed out. Those are some good examples right there. And Inter-Miami, you know, when they were here, I've only been to one fire game um, this year. This was like one of the first or second sporting events I did after quarantine and lockdown. And they traveled so well, and they had this really animated, um, really strong supporter section that was partying and, and had atmosphere and they were doing this, you know, outside the steps of the field museum here. And this was after a loss to a, a terrible team and they're a bad team. And I'm like, if, if that kind of spirit and interest can, can translate into when they actually build into something, then, then they'll really have something going there in, in Miami. And then maybe you can kind of see that like Columbus in their heyday had that, uh, you got that Pacific Northwest corridor. Portland's big. Uh, Vancouver, um, Seattle plays in a football stadium. There's pockets. There's definitely pockets of it. But I hate the stupid playoff system. Pretty much, it's a participation trophy. If if I mean Jesus, Inter Miami had a losing record and they're in an expansion team and they made it last year. So they should really reform uh, the postseason. I think they made hu- a huge mistake in expanding so quickly. I mean, it seems fishy. It seems quirky with the financials that they're adding all these teams when there isn't kind of the talent to support it. But um, Tom McCabe, that was a Rutgers professor. I discussed this with him and he, and he mentioned the heyday of the NASL. So we've got some of the same brand names, some of the same teams as as the franchises from the NASL. And back in those days, the Cosmos, the New York Cosmos kind of ruled the roost, but you still had... I mean, it was a thing. I kind of remember that as a kid, that it, it was a thing. So I would say to get back there, we would need... We would definitely need the national team to be consistent. I think the national team brings everyone together. I think everybody likes the national team. If they just started winning and started, started, you know, they've got all these, this golden generation of all these whiz kids. If they live up to the hype, that'll get people interested. And then they'll be like, Oh, what's the team in my market? What's the team in my city? Let's, let's go check them out. And then, and then again, yeah, reform the postseason and then maybe you'll have something. All right. Hopefully, they take take that into consideration. All they right, Paul. as a consultant. Yes. There you go. All right, MLS. <laughs> Get Paul M. Banks in there. You know, 
you, well, give him the right amount of, of uh, wages, and I'm sure he'll he'll definitely start start cooking something up for your league uh, for sure. But I think this is the perfect way to end this interview. Uh, thank you, Paul. Um, where can the good people find you? Well, Transatlantic Passage: How the Premier League Redefined Soccer in America um, is available at EckhartsPress.com. That's E C K H A R T Z Press.com. It's also my pinned tweet, and that's probably you know. So it's right up at the top. Probably the best way to keep tabs on me is my Twitter account, which is at Paul M Banks. All one word, no underscores. You can follow me on Instagram at Paul M Banks. And then, of course, the sportsbank.net. At the sportsbank.net, everything can be found there, updated multiple times a day covering the Premier League. And I would say that the best soccer atmosphere I've ever seen, just because, you know, we're talking about this stuff, was um, 2019 Gold Cup Final, USA-Mexico, Soldier Field. And I've talked to people who live down in the neighborhood and they said I was in that I was at that game. You were. Yes. Yeah, I was I was actually so I wasn't with the, uh, I, I I guess I'm not anymore. I I was an American outlaw. And so I I went to the game. Uh we went to a, some bar that was like right down uh, Soldier Field. And then, you know, we 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 did a pregame. We marched down to the to Soldier Field, which by the way, beautiful stadium. Uh we were we were right there by the well, honestly, it's the only patch of white that was in the stadium because it was nothing but Mexico fans, <laughs> to be honest, at the stadium. Um, but I was actually not at the outlaw section. I was actually in the section next to them. So, but I mean, I just, you know, maneuvered my way and finessed my way into that section. But no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Great atmosphere. Bet, a really good game. Um, you, you can see the hostility between the Mexico and the USA fans. But once that game was over, it was just pops given. And, and just yeah, you're you're totally right. That was definitely once in a lifetime kind of experience. Then that's it. That's just it right there. You had that little patch of American fans by the South Goal, ninety five percent Mexico fans. Once we get that energy that the Mexico fans have for our national team and everything, so yeah, I mean soccer's here. It's just not maybe in the form people might expect it. That's all. Yeah, totally correct. All right, Paul. Thanks for thanks for giving us some time, um, and you know, hopefully we can we can uh, do some more partnerships in, in in the future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Would love to come back anytime, and we'd love to have you back on after extra time as well. All right, no problem. And we are back. All right, big shout out to Paul Banks. I actually really enjoyed doing that interview. I, honestly, I enjoyed uh, my time with after extra time with Stuart Cavanaugh and Paul Banks. And that's the reason why I really wanted to bring these guys over to uh, to our you know to bring them in for interviews because I thought these guys were really fun, um, and you know if this can be able to showcase their podcast a little bit more, that's that's what I want to do because these guys are great. Um, once again, thanks to Paul Banks for for uh, for being on and uh, and and thank you for the book as well. So so I really really appreciate that. Um, it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Transatlantic Passage, how Eng- the English Premier League redefined soccer in America. I hope I got that right because if not, yikes. <laughs> yep. Let me see. Let me see again. I'm pretty sure I said it right. Honestly, I, I did not have it written down on the notes, and maybe I should have, <laughs> but I feel like I got it right. 
Yeah. Transatlantic Passage, How the Premier League Redefined Soccer in America. Yeah. So really good book. Um, so, yeah. And, 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 I, and that's got to take credit because you guys know I, I'm not much of a reader. So, <laughs> so but, you know, it's the, obviously the topic that was really easy for me to get into. So that's usually yep. what it takes. All right, Edward. Games to recap. What is your game to recap? All right, so my game to recap is actually Manchester City versus Southampton. And it's surprising because Southampton actually drew with Man City, 0-0. Now, Man City had 64% of the possession, while Man City also outshot them 16-10. So it wasn't a big uh, shooting gap. But, uh, but as a Manchester, if you're a Manchester City fan, Spencer, I mean, I'm uh, happy about that. <laughs> obviously, but uh, obviously, okay. the thing is, is that this isn't like, oh, we we collected a point. No, it's y'all lost two points this game. Yeah, and, and it's not 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 a, not a jab at at Southampton. They have actually some pretty good players in that team. But no, they have a they have a decent squad. They have a decent. But the thing is, like I said, pretty good team, expect- and then you just downgrade them to decent. <laughs> oh God. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's because the thing is, I was expecting Man City to win. You know, I was expecting them to win, to, to win in the way of a blowout, kind of like how they did in the Champions League. So good, good save, Edward. I knew, I thought you were going to go take a jab at Arsenal, but thank you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but thank you. Good thank save. I could, I could already friend. hear, I could already, I could already hear the door knocking and be like, hey, what's going on here? And then, poof, Punch in the face. You're, you're like, a good oh. friend. You're a good friend. Yes. Yes. I try to be the best. I try to be the very best. Anyways. Jesus Christ. Did you sing? Did you lose <laughs> singing bad? <laughs> All right. God. Anyways. But I, I was expecting that city to come out on top in that sense, in that way. I mean, That's you would, you would expect. Meant. It's definitely the expectation that. Any like, on, let's face it, Southampton City, bro. I mean, let's face it, Southampton is a mid-table team. Yeah, you know, so you would expect them to be able to handle their business against against them. But proper Southampton, man, they, they battle through. And and like I said, this is if when it, if there's a winner and a loser on a draw, which sounds surprising to some people, but mm-hmm. the winner is definitely Southampton for getting this draw, and and the loser is is Manchester City. So it's just the way it is sometimes, man. You know. Yeah. So, what about you, Hector? What's your game to recap? So, my game to recap is Real Madrid beating Valencia two to one um, in one of the most nerve wracking games of my life because it wasn't looking good for Real Madrid at least for a while. So, Real Madrid had sixty one percent of the possession, and Real Madrid outshot Valencia eighteen to twelve. The reason why I'm telling you that I was a little bit nervous was because, well. Real Madrid was down one to nothing in this game, and then it took it took them scoring two goals in two minutes in the 86th minute by Vinicius and in the 88th minute by Karim Benzema. And weirdly enough, they each they both assisted for each other. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so they scored two goals in I two minutes to go ahead and get the win. Um, I know that. Uh, God, I forgot who was the player. The guy who man, who was number ten for Valencia? For Valencia, uh, oh man! For a second, I was about to throw myself under the bus there and be like, "Fuck it!" But I was like, "No, no, that's a 
That's a via. Um, uh, number 10. Carlos Soler? Yeah, he got he got hurt in this game. That's what I was thinking of. Mm. He got hurt, and Yunus Munsa ends up coming in. Uh, it was really early in the game as well, so it's unfortunate for for Soler. He's a really good player. I do like him very much. But yeah, I mean, it looked like it was going to be a loss for Real Madrid, but I will say, give props to Real Madrid, man. They've been doing really good defensively, and I mean, it's only a matter of time with that attack. It's just I really don't need these these late goals uh, to yeah. I need I need some more I need, I need a little bit more from this attack. Um, you mean you mean you don't want that that heart attack on the platter kind of stuff going on all the ninety minutes and then finally you're like oh thank God yeah basically because I mean that's basically been you know even I think in their Champions League game that's what ha- that against against Inter Milan that's what happened they actually started going <laughs> the, in the final minutes and that's when I was like oh thank God <laughs> you were you were scared out of your board you were like yeah, oh man. I, I, I do I do like what I'm seeing from I, I know a lot of people had concerns about Ramadri's defense, but I think I think they're showing some good answers, man. Like what they're doing with Nacho Fernandez and Militao and, and David Alaba, like the versatility of David Alaba ha, is definitely helpful. Um, but I can't wait to see once this back line is fully, fully healthy. Um, which means for Lamendi at <laughs> uh, <I> left back. <laughs> so but I mean Ramadri has done really good. Obviously, it helps that you have Thibaut Courtois between the sticks. But um, I, I definitely need a little bit more more from this attack so I can, you know, breathe. <laughs> but no, <laughs> nonetheless, only so bad. nonetheless uh, good performance around Madrid. They got the win. That's all that matters. Okay. Okay. All right. Our players cool. of the week. Who's your player of the week? All right. So my player of the week is actually Jesse Lingard who he scored the winning goal in Manchester United's 2-1 win against West Ham United. So, yeah, I mean... Are you, are, you hop, are you hopping on the... Yeah, it was West Ham. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying it was, Lingard was loaned out to West Ham, right? Uh, was it West Ham? Or was Ham? it Aston Villa? That's where I'm, I need to find out. I think it was I West think it Ham. Was, I think it was West Ham. So, you know, I'm kind of like, well, here's a big old... Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, it was with him. Yeah, I was like, here's the big fuck you to the team that I got loaned out to, and I was actually a shooting star on that one. But I mean, I don't know hey, if it was, he, I, I mean, I guess you could say a revenge game, but not really, because I mean, he was just loaned, he was loaned he, out there. Yeah, he was just loaned out. I mean, it's not a revenge game either way. It's just he actually was, he would basically go play and he'd come out smelling like roses. Like he would be coming in, doing hat tricks, scoring goals, assists. Like he was basically the playmaker of the team. And then now he goes back to his parent club and basically does what he does or what he did with West Ham, but to them. So it was kind of like a... Sounds like, I, you're, I, 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 sounds like you're hopping on the Jesse Lingard bandwagon. Not really. I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm just glad they won. I'm not going to lie, but I'm more of like... Or, or, did, Jesse Lingard, or did Jesse Lingard uh, redeem himself after that mistake he had against uh, Young Boys? Ah... Uh, Maybe it evens out. I don't know. A little, little even now. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no. I mean, this is your first time picking Jesse Lingard because I've been picking Jesse Lingard. For, I know. Um, I know. But I mean, hey, he got the winning goal. So, props to him. Yep. What about you, Hector? Who's your player of the week? All right. So, I could have gone honestly 
either way, I am going back to that Real Madrid Valencia game, but I could have really gone either way with either Vinicius or Karim Benzema. But I'm going to give it to Karim Benzema. He scores a winning goal and gets the game tying assist in Real Madrid's 2 1 win against Valencia. You know what? The captain stepped up, and that's, I mean, even though Vinicius did win player of the match for that game, because, I mean, he was pivotal, you know, very pivotal in this game. But obviously, whenever you, when you need your leader to step up, Karim Benzema does it. So it, it really Pivot. could be an either or. Pivot. Pivot. Jesus <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, Karim Benzema. I mean, the guy. The guy has been a really good leader for Real Madrid, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'm not necessarily particularly a fan of strikers being captains, but you know, with the experience that Karim Benzema has, I, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, hey, Raul, and think about it. Yeah, like there's a few exceptions to the rule, but I usually tend to prefer like a midfielder, a defender, or a goalkeeper to be the captain. I'm, I'm not, not necessarily a fan I'm of to, I was about to say, I was about to say uh, a whole different one that was going to piss you off, probably rile you up a little bit. Go ahead. RVP. Yeah, just... Yeah, <laughs> it's gone back. <laughs> I, have, I have some sort of paranoia now with, with Arsenal and, and, and players with the number 10 jersey. Oh, man. Because, like... It, they it leave. wasn't because of our. You mean RVP, just Fabrega, Fabrega, Fabregas. Yeah, RVP. RVP. Wilshire. Um, Wilshire. Yeah, Jack Wilshire. Ramsey. Ramsey never wore ten. Oh, was it? Oh, no, he was number eight, right? Yeah. Uh, Ozil. Oh, yeah. That was a, I mean, you you can't really blame Ozil for leaving. I'm, I'm just saying, there, there's a curse with that number, and now I'm kind of now that I'm saying this, now I'm kind of worried for Smith Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> He's in, in uh, or, or, so may, or maybe I'm he going, or maybe he breaks the curse, and he'll be like, "So I've decided to leave to Manchester United, following RVP's footsteps." Oh, that shit! No, he, he ain't doing that. He ain't doing that. Aston Villa no, probably, really. but. <laughs> But yeah, that shit would rile you up, dude. That shit would just—I would I just get annoyed at Aston Villa at this point. Like, can like just can you just leave me alone? <laughs> just like just leave me alone, like, Aston Villa. It's like it's like it's like um okay, it's kind of like okay, it's kind of like you're the dead body or no, you're the sleeping body, the hobo or something. And then Aston Villa is a little kid who pokes you with the stick. Come on, do something. Like he's trying to poke you, he's trying to irritate you, so he's taking away your players, and he's just poking at you, poking at you. Just but anyways, like, anyways, we went into this giant dumpster fire of, of the number ten in Arsenal. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, congratulations to Jesse Lingard and Karim Benzema for being our players of the week. This is, yeah, uh, if you want to take a look at the standings right now for for player of the week, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> Obviously, we all know who's who's first. It's actually a, a two-way tie between Erling Haaland and Robert Lewandowski. And then there is a three-way tie between, well, now Karim Benzema, Kylian Mbappe, and Messi. And then there's just a whole mess of twos. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, a mess of twos. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm... Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, actually, now Jesse Lingard just entered the chat. So, 
Oh, okay. So now he he has three votes as well. All right. Wait, he has three votes. He has three votes. Wait, okay. So he has three votes for this season or for for the year? For the year, okay. Remember the year? Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, 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 right. My bad. Tripping, tripping, tripping. Yep. All right. So congratulations to Kareem Benzema and Jesse Lingard for being our players of the week. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and then we'll we'll go ahead and wrap. Oh wait, no, wait, no. I'm uh, getting a little ahead of myself. Here's some games to watch this weekend. Um, yeah, you're my- taking a little bit, a little bit too much there. Yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. too much of that swift lifestyle. This boy went swiftly into it. Yeah, my bad. All right, so here's some games to watch this weekend for the MLS. I have San Jose versus LAFC. Obviously, have some Cal- some a little Cali rivalry game. Nothing never hurts. And Sporting Kansas City versus Seattle Sounders. I think two really good teams right now in the MLS. Go ahead and, and see what they could do. In the NWSL, I have the Chicago Red Stars versus the Portland Thorns. And OL Reign versus the Orlando Pride. In Liga MX, I have Toluca versus San Luis. Toluca coming off of a big win against America. Um, which, yeah, that happened. And it is that time again, Edward. It is El Super Clasico. Chivas versus America. So, you know, that game gonna, is going to be a good one. And, you know, if you guys don't watch Liga MX, this is probably a good time to watch it. I The fans that involve, especially with the fans being back, it's going to be really, really good game to watch. I think, you know, if there's one thing I could tell you about my time in high, you know, in high school or middle school growing up here in, in an area, you know, growing up in a predominant Mexican community, uh, Chivas versus America is always a big Big thing here. You have people wearing their Chivas jerseys, their America jerseys. You, it's like it's like a city divided when it comes to that. But yeah, so well, I, okay. I know you're I know you're a Choricero, but who are you going for in the Clásico and the America and Chivas? Um, I guess I would say Chivas. Just, I mean, because I'm not going to support America. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the America to win? No. <laughs> Even though I did pick him to, to, to as my favorite, <laughs> just, I just don't like America, man. And yeah, you 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 picked them because of your curse of your so called curse. No, I actually thought that they would be good. Oh, okay, but yeah, um, for League Un, I have Marcia versus Lens. Lens is actually looking pretty good so far. They started pretty good, and PSG versus Montpierre. Um, reason why I'm highlighting that game. Obviously, it's a PSG game, but and hopefully we can see a Messi goal. But uh, Montpier does have Nicholas Giacchini, who is a U.S. Men's National Team player, who who did get make the move over there. So hoping we can see a little bit more. He did get an assist his, his last game. Maybe we can see him score a goal. In the Bundesliga, I have Bayer Leverkusen versus Mainz, who both these teams have actually looked really good so far this season. And Borussia Mönchengladbach, who is not looking good, versus Borussia Dortmund. But it's it's the battle of the Borussias. And I'm sure Edward and Spencer will be looking forward to that game. Oh, yeah, you bet. Um, Mönchengladbach. Yay! Amazing what happens if you just slow the word down. Right? Going 35 miles an hour here, sir. Yep. Anyways, so for the Serie A, I have Inter Milan versus Atalanta and Udinese versus Fiorentina. Also, teams have 
looked pretty good so far. In La Liga, I have Real Madrid versus Villarreal. And Rayo Vallecano with Falcao, who also scored scored on his debut for Rayo Vallecano versus Cadiz, which is El Salvador's favorite team uh, because obviously Mexico played there. Well, who are you going for in that game? Uh, I mean, Falcao is my guy. So I'm a, I'll, I'll root for him. In the English Premier League, I have Chelsea versus Manchester City. Two really good teams right now. Two teams that are looking really good. I mean, aside from the Southampton draw, but two teams that have looked really good. Chelsea looking stronger and stronger each week. Uh, looking like a team that could possibly win the Premier League this season. And on the other side, we have another London derby, Arsenal versus Tottenham. Oh, damn. Hey, and Tottenham actually lost to Chelsea this weekend. So who do you think is going to win out of that one? Uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. Well, I hate Tottenham, so I'm not going to pick Tottenham. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Not, no. Listen to what I said. Oh, what Listen to what it's, I said. Who do you think is going to win? Between not Chelsea? who are you going for? I'm not going to pick Tottenham. Uh, there's no way I'm going to pick Tottenham. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who's on that team. Tottenham is going to Tottenham. Tottenham is going to Tottenham? Yes. Would you care to elaborate? They suck. <laughs> but, okay. Okay. All right. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll say never tell me, never ask me if I if I if, who am I gonna pick when it comes to Arsenal. Even if I'm gonna be miserable, I'm still picking Arsenal. Uh, okay. All right, all right, okay, okay. Even if I'm gonna be miserable. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So those are the games that I think you guys should keep an eye on this weekend. I think they're gonna be pretty good. All right. Now we're gonna go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with three up, three down. Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible? Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm not sure about Audible? Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash podcast. Not only do you get the experience on Audible, but you'll also be supporting Insert Name FC. I'm going to start my free trial right now. And we are back. All right, Edward. Three up, three down. The future. The future. So essentially, this was a pretty broad topic. And on, at this point, we're kind of running out of ideas. But um, sure. essentially, what, what I mean about with the future is three things that we are kind of interested to find out about the future. And, and three down is obviously what we're not looking forward to the future. <laughs> and this could be like past us. Like it could, it could be beyond us. Like that's what, you know, so it's like very vast. However, however you want to feel how it's going to be. But yeah, so Edward, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Spencer did not send me his three you go, down. You, you go, you go first, bro. That's All right. Over. All right. Start things off with three down. Um, well, I mean, eventually the apocalypse has to happen, right? The which one? The apocalypse. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, eventually it's got to happen, right? 
Oh my God. Yeah, well, it depends on how you see the apocalypse. A lot of people, you know, they see it as they're going to get beamed up to freaking different planet, Mars. Some people are thinking that. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's more of like a a, a metaphorical apocalypse. <laughs> you know, like it's not literally what's going to happen. It's just maybe like like our, we all get our own personal apocalypse, like something that stresses us out that we have to overcome. <laughs> I guess I guess that could work. <laughs> but yeah, just you know, eventually that's good. I mean, everyone's been the mind calendar clearly was wrong. Yeah. Well, no, you didn't. You, you didn't. You didn't see the news, or you didn't hear about this. That apparently the Mayan calendar was wrong, and that the world was ending in 2021. That they mixed up the numbers, the one and the two, <laughs> and then other people are saying that they mixed up the two one zero two, and then the other one's like twenty one twenty. So it's like there's Nobody still knows. three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's still three different dates. Twenty twenty one's already here. Twenty twelve already passed. So the only ones that are left over is 2102 and 2120. Those are the only two. Like I said, eventually this is supposed to happen, right? (laughs) Yeah, supposed to. So yeah, so that's my number three. Uh, Number two is uh, not exactly thrilled of how more codependent we're going to become on technology. Mm, Okay. I mean, let's face I mean, it. It's, like, a, it's, a, it's already, it's already, it's already pretty bad, but I mean, I'm sure it's just well, going to get worse. Well, okay. So my thing is we were dependent on technology before COVID hit and everybody was like, man, is there a way I could just work home and stuff like that? Pandemic hit, it happened. And then of course you had internet's internet shut down. Um, power outages in certain areas, um, all kinds of different shit happening. And like you said, like everybody basically started relying on technology when, when with little stuff that they could possibly do. Um, a lot of the times, like pers- me, I'll be honest. If I when I do food prepping, and it's a lot of um, a lot of uh, what's he said pans and plates and stuff like that, containers that I basically have to wash by hand. I I don't mind doing it, but when it's literally late at night, I'll go ahead and use a dishwasher, bro. Because I'm like, man, dude, I was like, I can't do all this crap right now in the middle of the night. So I just go ahead and dump it in there, put the soap in, and boom, let it roll. Let it dry out, put the plates up in the morning, let's go. You know, that's 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 a simple thing. And but like that's a small amount of technology compared to you know, how um, there's people now that on their phones, they connect Alexa, they connect Google, and they go ahead and control basically every little aspect on their house, whether it's lighting, air conditioning, um, fans, uh, the doors, the, the ring doorbell as well. Like everything connected just because of the Wi-Fi, just of one modem, one machine. That's mm-hmm. controlling everything. That machine goes down. That's it. Everything inside the house basically just goes kaput. It's like, have we not learned anything from that movie, Smart House? No, that's what I'm saying. Remember right. that Disney movie? No, <laughs> that, that was the that was the family friendly version. We haven't seen like the killer house kind of shit where it's like. I mean, oh, wouldn't crap. that be the Space Odyssey? No, 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 no. You know what? I take it back. If you've ever seen what is it, Love, Death and Robots? No. Or you I haven't mean, seen that I, on Netflix? No. I mean, have you okay. not seen the Space Odyssey, though? No, I have not. 
where like the the ship like goes rogue on the on the guy on the on the astronauts? No, I have not. Oh, maybe it, I have. I just it's a pretty remember. old movie to be honest. Okay, well, well, the mo the more modern thing that you could watch that's relatable to that is Love, Death, and Robots. Like, there's an episode in there where everything is controlled. And then you have a robot that's cleaning and everything, but apparently it gets overridden and mm-hmm. it starts trying to kill the old lady in the hood of the house. But I'm telling you, bro, like if you watch that episode, you're just like, damn, like we're kind of at that point. I mean, we technically have the, what is it? The iRobot, the robo vacuum kind of shit, you know, all that stuff. So we, we, we technically... We we have a lot of a lot of ground, I guess to say that there's still still doing um, technology still advancing, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's that's what that's why I'm like trying to find the right words for that one. Um, but honestly, if you watch that one episode, I believe it's the second season, first or second episode, I think, and that shit will just you're just gonna be like, damn, like. That's insane. Like that's just insane. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a lot like how you said. Like you know, it's the, the ship tried to kill them all. The smart house, the same thing. So, yeah, like, you should check it out if you get the chance. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then my number one is well, I mean, we already talked about how the generations have gotten softer over the years. Like, not necessarily thrilled on the idea of how much softer it's going to get. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So it's weird how like the the end of the world is like all, like the like on the like on the bottom of this, on this three down, but like that's that's not my worst of concerns. It's just what this gener what this future generation of softness is going to look like. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, like you know, people are like, oh, you know, we can't say things because it's offensive, and I mean, I get it, like you. you it's one thing to be blatantly offensive, like that's that, that's not what I'm trying to say. But it's like if you just don't know, like how am I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So yeah, my just, what? No, I was gonna say I was like okay, no, like I, I could, yeah, you're right. So my three down is I mean eventually the apocalypse is, is going to probably happen. Uh, number two is just how codependent people are going to become to the technology even more. And number one is just the softness of the future. Okay. All right. Okay. I guess I can go. Um, so, whoa. all right, Robo. Hey there, Robo. <laughs> What's up, buddy? He must have sensed spider sense tingling. Well, no, he's a dog. Dog sense. Um, okay. So my number my number three down is not I'm not scared of it, but I mean death is inevitable 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 yeah inevitable Ugh. yeah so, that's an SAT I word mean, yeah right that's what I was trying for apparently I can't even do that so I guess I have to do PSAT not even what's it called the tax Whatever it's called now, the SAR, I don't freaking know. Um, the SAT is a, is not the tax test. No, I know. But I'm saying like the way I was saying oh. it, I was like, I guess I have to take the tax or the STAR yeah, test. Yeah, it's, it's the STAR test now. 
jeez. Yeah, Anyways, but yeah, like death is inevitable, and um, it, it's something that even as we grow, we can say that we can cope with it, but it sometimes it happens unexpectedly. So of course, you never want it to happen to your loved ones, and. You know, but that's it's always, eventually going to happen. Case. It's eventually going to happen. And so that's also one thing where it's, it's, it's a really big downer for me. Um, right. So, and then number two, it's like, I guess you could say any impending wars that's basically like World War Three coming through. I mean, that, that's definitely not outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> not right now, anyways, yeah. Everything that's going on around the world. Um, it's just... There's there's always been this... It's so funny. Back in the 90s, when we were kids, there was always this talk about world peace and how... They would always even show commercials. Um, you would go to a bookstore and they always had like, here, you know, plant a tree, save, save this, save the environment, all kinds of stuff like that. Like really small things. And it made you think about it. Like, yeah, that's true. If one kid in the entire world plants a tree, that's millions of trees, you know. Or if one kid around the world recycles, you know, like basically everything, you know, does this, does that. You know, everything was about like being in a, in a in a peaceful setting. Now it's not even close. And even now, with the social media, like you'll get one of those messages maybe once or once every three or four days, or maybe once a week. Um, that, that recyclops kid is starting to get more and more like, wow, this is actually pretty deep. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so funny because like. Recyclops used to be like friendly and all this and that. And then later on, apparently every year he turned into evil, blue to corn, destroyed him, all kinds of shit. He came back. He was evil. He basically vowed to kill the planets he once loved. It's kind of like back in the, like I said, back in the nineties, you had Smokey the Bear. You had the Dared Lion. Scruff you McGruff. had Scruff McGruff, you know, prevent crimes. Now it's the fucked up part where, oh yeah, you know, a crime's happening. Let me go ahead and film it. You know, it, it's like the world turned topsy turvy. It turned upside down. Where and now stuff, sometimes it just people are just recording things just to try to get something viral. Yeah, and it's not even on their it's not on their end. Like they don't they don't lose it. You know, there's it's crazy things that are going on around the world. I like I mean, like how many like how many videos do we need of a guy that just doesn't want to wear a mask? Like, let the man be. <laughs> Like, what, about I mean, the like, Bird, what about the Burger King guy in the plane? Mm. You know, and, but I mean, everything is still out there. It's just nobody really tries to send out more positive stuff. It's all about negativity, uh, killing, racism, um, mob mentality. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of like, damn, bro, like whatever happened to all these nice commercials and stuff and kind of stuff like that. I understand that we probably don't watch cartoons anymore. Um, we don't watch cartoons on like Kids WB, UPN, whatever the hell they used to, we used to watch back in the day. Um, but it just, it just goes to show you like that just 
other negativity is basically affecting everyone, even the kids that are growing up. And the kids grow up and they they believe they don't really have like a bad bone to their body and just all everything that they watch. It's so negative. Even the cartoons nowadays are very it's it's funny how everybody has like there's cancel culture and shit like that. But they're canceling like all the wrong shit for all the wrong reasons when I mean, I'm surprised that Peppa Pig is still being embraced. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, they still got kids shows that are like way out of line. Because Peppa Pig is a very rude pig. No, and they're trying, and they're trying to be, um, you know, like they're they're trying to just show kids, I guess, like all the negativity in the world in the nicest way possible. I'm like. Bro, like some of that shit's too raw for uh, for a kid. I mean, I didn't know about shit like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just we were in a different age, I guess. And then now it's like that. So that that's number two for me. It's like, um, I guess the world peace thing. Like, there's actually we're all thinking like, oh yeah, you know, by the age of 2020, we'll be, you know, everybody will be in world peace. Oh, I think we're closer to war than we are to world peace. So, yeah, that's my number two. And my number one is basically, it's kind of selfish of me and everything, but like, uh, uh, hopefully my kids don't turn out to be bad, evil, whatever. What would be a good word? Like when they get older, like for them to be humbled, for them, you know, I want them to, to be, to take, basically what I've been trying to teach them and stuff. They're literally, really, really little, but it's just the world around right now. It's, you know, that's going to affect everybody around you. And now it's just up to the parents and stuff like that. And I mean, the mentality that kids, some kids now have a days is just crazy. Like, I'm like, you're so young yet. You already have that mentality that basically me and you probably got when we were like ninth or 10th grade, but these kids are basically in fifth grade. Like half of our age. I mean, some of these kids already have cell phones, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's because they have access to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. So that's my number one. Like, I just, I'm, I don't want my kids to be bad, negative people. You know, I want them to grow up to be good, decent, humble human beings. Like, you know. So, so yeah, that's my number. That's my three right there. Sorry, I went on a long ass rant. <laughs> All right, good, bro. You're good. You're good. All right. For my three up, I don't know if Spencer's going to Spencer sent me a text, but I don't know if he's going to send me one. Anyways, uh, for my three up, I have. God dang, Robo. Um, th- uh, for number three, um, well, hopefully at this point, at that point, I'm going to have my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that. You know, hopefully I'm, I'm officially an adult. <laughs> Doing the adult stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, eventually we all have to grow up at some point, right? Yep. So, exactly. Uh, number two, I mean, hopefully, with the the thing was with me, like, uh, from say what you want about you know, you know, Trump being coming president, um, I feel like. A lot of good came from it. Not, not, not that Trump becoming president was a good thing, but I mean, like, well, honestly, nothing really happened. To be fair, but um, 
like at least nothing that I really deemed to care for. Um, <laughs> but like the thing that I thought came at least should have come out of it is that now you're seeing more younger generations wanting to get more involved politically. And I'm not saying like, oh, they're going to try to become president. I'm not saying that, but like, you know, understanding that there is like there, that, you know, voting does mean something, even if you don't like your options, there's obviously other things besides the president that you're voting for, like, you know, like policies and, and you know, things that help your community. But like, you know, like hopefully that that's what I'm hoping for is that like, you know, the fact that that we're learning from some of our previous mistakes and actually doing something with it. I know you, you, you had your concerns about a possible world war, but hoping that this younger generation, the fact that they are more informed because of social media. And I know I said, the, say what I said about being codependent on technology, but like, I mean, as well as just, you know, the cesspool that is social media. And there's also like information out there that if they want to know about something, they can get it right there, easy access and understand what, what certain not only just like politics, but just what things mean. And so they have that information a lot more easier to access than what we did. And so I'm hoping that because of that, they become more informed and, and are, are better at making better decisions than, well, let's face it, that we have done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, my number one is just, um, you know, it's, it's just the hope of like, you know, a bright, you know, a brighter tomorrow. You know, just everything yeah. just being better. So, right. so uh, my my three down, my three up, geez, my three down, my three up is uh, me being an adult, uh, a more informed future generation, and just a brighter tomorrow. All right. All right. Okay. All right. And um, all right. so that's yours, right? So my number three is actually, excuse me, sorry, I was about to burp, but, uh, okay, so my number three is actually um, being able to teach my kids, like, life lessons later on, like, as they get older, you know, like um, you know, like I, I, I totally, to I totally get what you're saying. Oh, okay, that yeah. stuff. But I was like, like, honestly, like I feel like even from us, because I mean, let's face it, we didn't necessarily listen to what our parents told us. Like from when they were trying to like instill their experiences onto us, we kind of just kind of brush it off because we're like, oh, you know, our situation is different. But let's face it, it's it's like it's a never ending story. It's, it's like the, the, it's, it's, it, it's practically the same, just. Yeah, it's just the same, just not, different. Different, just different, are, different but not really. <laughs> it, it's let's put it this way: it's modernized to where they were younger. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, basically, so I mean, for for at least for the case of of my godsons, um, yeah, I mean, you're gonna tell them, you're you're gonna instill your wisdom onto them and tell them your life lessons. But I mean, I feel like they won't really know until it happens for them. <laughs> unfortunately. Fortunately and unfortunately at the same time, because obviously, like you do learn, you like you know you learn more from your mistakes than you do from your successes. You know what I mean? Right. So I mean, there, there there's just that. But uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. 
So, I mean, that's, that's just me. So for them to, so for me to be able to impart my wisdom when it comes to stuff like that, for when they're getting older and stuff, like that, that's always a fun thing. That's always like something fun to think of, you know? Come here, you young whippersnapper. Yeah, pretty much. Bro, mowing the grass, I don't know. That's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> oh, so growing up, <laughs> being at home. Yeah. But yeah, <clears throat> I just, um, number two, number two is actually, um, be- being very hopeful, like you said, um, about this world, about this world, basically, uh, what's going on and not just in our local community, but all around the world, bro. Like hopefully all the positivity um, like you said, that with all the social media, or the youth and everything, they stay well informed. Everything actually works out. Um, you know, it's it's funny. We grew up with some people, you know, like we were thinking we were in the same boat, but then they grew up to be, you know, we were we were in the same age. You know, we were in the same years of being young and everything, and yet we've grown to be different in a way. Um, when I say that, it's like, you know, racism is still alive. And if anything, it's, you know, up out there really big time. Um, um, I guess you could say, I mean, back then, you know, I guess you could say we thought body shaming, um, wasn't such a big deal, you know, now it's like all kinds of different stuff. You know, it's different. Um, you're slim fake, you're fake, you're pog, fat, whatever. You know, the skinny, like anorexic, like, you know, it's just all kinds of um, different things. And before, when we were growing up, we were just fat or skinny. Like, it wasn't anything like that. Mm-hmm. Hell, I think the closest thing was husky. That was the, like the, the completely, oh, hey, you're in between. <laughs> or you're, I'm big the, bone. Or big bone. There you go. You know, like, that's it. But now it's just so many different things. Like, so what I'm trying to say is, like, I hope that after all this time, like, it just kind of stops and just settles back down, becomes a simplistic lifestyle for everybody. For everybody, it's just um, for everybody to just have an easier life, like, to actually finally hit that close enough to world peace, at least. Mm-hmm. And then my number one is, you know, for, I mean, hopefully for, for myself, for me to be a complete adult, just like you, just, that's my number one for me to be a complete adult, not just for me, but, you know, for my kids and for my kids in the future, if I have some more, I don't know. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, so that's my top three. All right. All right, so that's our three up, three down. You know, a little bleak, some positivity, hopefully more positive than bleak. But <laughs> they, they, they all sounded so negative, but it's like, you know, just, just looking, this is the way I, I see it. I guess we're just looking for a light towards the end of the tunnel, and I hope, you know, our, our listeners have that same mentality or... You know, hell, for all we know, they have better 
three ups, three downs. Like, well, I mean, you're not gonna have a good three down. (laughs) I mean, but well, I mean, you know, okay, they have better three ups than us. Like, they actually have an actual solution. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. My three ups were not that bad. I mean, (laughs) you were the one with the with the with the whole like body shaming and all that. So, (laughs) what's this week? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, for that to go away, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But yeah, so that's the show. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. You can check them out at www.bellyupsports.com. Um, check out all the great articles that they have. Also has all the links to their social media platforms and where you can follow them. They are looking for some interns. So if you if you, if you want to be an intern for Belly Up Podcast, maybe help us out and promote us, grow our, grow our network. Well, you know, go ahead and hit them up. Also, shout out to Unhinged Radio, powered by Belly Up. Remember, Unhinged, the Unhinged Sports Network basically, well, not basically, they partnered with Belly Up, and Unhinged is still Unhinged, but just has the resources of Belly Up, similar to what Jordan has with Nike. So you can follow, sorry, Unhinged Radio on Twitter at Radio Unhinged. Um, so that way you can be notified when we're available and also where all the other great podcasts are available on that 24 7 radio network that Unhinged has. Also, shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company, ANG Graphics, for the creation of the Instagram FC logo. You can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, it's a.g.graphics with an X. And of course, shout out to the newest Manchester City fan, Roosevelt Spencer. He is our producer. You, If you hear our, 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 intro, our intro and outro, that's him. So if you like our beats and you want some beats for your podcast or maybe you're a rapper, well, hit up our guy Spencer at Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, that guy dope. Hit him up and uh, get yourself some beats. Yes, sir. That boy Spence. He is the mastermind. All right. So that's the show. We want to thank Paul M. Banks once again for being on our episode. Um, Once again, you can Check him out at the After Extra Time podcast with him and Stuart Kavanaugh. So go ahead and check them out. It's a really good podcast. They are English Premier League specific. Um, so they're a great, great, uh, great listen. And uh, maybe you'll, 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 you'll see me back there for a future episode, maybe. So be on the lookout for that one. Maybe Eric can join in at some point. Yeah, I know. So have to have Yeah, I know. Uh, you already know. I'm always like, hey, I'll be there. Like, work, yeah. work, work, work. Right. So maybe, like I said, if we get enough listeners, this will be our full-time gig. And man, let's, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. All right, man. So that is episode 55. Thanks for listening. And catch us next week for episode 56, which we should be having in, uh, the interview with Stuart Kavanaugh on that one. So so we'll have a, another interview for you guys to check out. So thanks for listening and catch us next week. All right. Take care, guys. I just, um, number two, number two is actually, um, being very hopeful, like you said, um, about this world, about this world, basically, about what's going on. And not just in our local community, but all around the world. Hopefully all the positivity, um, like you said, that with all the social media, uh, the youth and everything, they stay well informed, everything actually works out. Um, 
you know, it's it's funny, we grew up with some people, you know, like we were thinking we were in the same boat, but then they grew up to be, you know, we were, we were in the same age, you know, we were in the same years of being young and everything, and yeah, we're grown to be different, you know, like, um, when I say that, it's like, you know, racism is still alive, if anything, Um, I guess you could say, I mean, back then, you know, I guess you could say we thought body shaming uh, wasn't such a big deal, you know? Now it's like all kinds of different stuff. You know, it's different. Um, you're slim fake, you're thick, you're pog, fat, whatever, you know, the skinnies, like anorexic, like, you know, it's just all kinds of, um, different things and before when we were growing up we were just fat or skinny like it wasn't anything like that mm-hmm. hell I think the closest thing was husky that was the, like the, the completely oh hey you're in between uh, <laughs> or uh, I'm big bone or big bone there you go you know like that's it but now it's just so many different things like so what I'm trying to say is like I hope that after all this time like it just kind of stops and just settles back down, becomes a simplistic lifestyle for everybody. For everybody. It's just, um, for everybody to just have an easier life. Like, to actually finally hit that close enough to world peace, at least. Mm-hmm. And then my number one is, you know, for, I mean, hopefully for, for myself, for me to be a complete adult, just like you, just that's my number one. For me to be a complete adult, not just for me, but you know, for my kids and for my kids in the future, if I have some more, I don't. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, so that's my top three. All right, all right. So that's our three up, three down. You know, a little bleak, some positivity. Hopefully, more positive than bleak. But <laughs> they, they they all sounded so negative. But it's like you know, just just looking. This is the way I, I see it. I guess we're just looking for a light towards the end of the tunnel. And I hope you know a lot of listeners have that same mentality. Or you know, hell, for all we know, they have better three ups, three downs. Like, well, I mean, you're not gonna have a good three down. <laughs> I mean, but. Well, I mean, you know, okay, they have better three ups than us. Like, they actually have an actual solution. Whoa, whoa, just... whoa, 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 whoa! My three ups were not that bad. I mean, you were the one with the <laughs> with the with the whole like body shaming and all that. So, I'm just, what's this week? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, for that to go away, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But yeah, so that's the show. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. You can check them out at www.bellyupsports.com. Um, check out all the great articles that they have. Also has all the links to their social media platforms and where you can follow them. They are looking for some interns. So if you if you, if you want to be an intern for Belly Up Podcast, maybe help us out and promote us, grow our, grow our network. Well, you know, go ahead and hit them up. Also, shout out to Unhinged Radio, powered by Belly Up. Remember, Unhinged, the Unhinged Sports Network basically, well, not basically, they partnered with Belly Up, and Unhinged is still Unhinged, but just has the resources of Belly Up, similar to what Jordan has with Nike. So 
You can follow, sorry, Unhinged Radio on Twitter at Radio Unhinged. Um, so that way you can be notified when we're available and also where all the other great podcasts are available on that 24-7 radio network that Unhinged has. Also, shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company, ANG Graphics, for the creation of the Instagram FC logo. You can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, it's a.g.graphics with an X. And of course, shout out to the newest Manchester City fan, Roosevelt Spencer. He is our producer. You, if you hear our, our, our intro, our intro and outro, that's him. So if you like our beats and you want some beats for your podcast or maybe you're a rapper, well, hit up our guy Spencer at Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, that guy dope. Hit him up and uh, get yourself some beats. Yes, sir. That boy spins. He is the mastermind. All right. So that's the show. We want to thank Paul M. Banks once again for being on our episode. Um, once again, you can check him out at the After Extra Time podcast with him and Stuart Kavanaugh. So go ahead and check them out. It's a really good podcast. They are English Premier League specific. Um, so they're great, great, uh, great listen. And uh, maybe you'll, 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 you'll see me back there for a future episode, maybe. So be on the lookout for that one. Maybe I work can join in at some point. Yeah, I know. So have, yeah, I know. Uh, you already know. I'm always like, hey, I'll be there. Like, work, yeah. work, work, work. Right. So maybe, like I said, if we get enough listeners, this will be our full time gig. And man, let's let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. All right, man. So that is episode fifty five. Thanks for listening and catch us next week for episode 56, which we should be having in uh, the interview with Stuart Kavanaugh on that one. So, so we'll have a, another interview for you guys to check out. So thanks for listening and catch us next week. All right. Take care, guys. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Oh, oh, oh. 
O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh.